Hello and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. Joining me on the podcast today is the CEO of the Des Moines Area Regional Transportation Authority. Uh, you may know it, or you probably know it if you're listening in here and you're in the Des Moines area as DART. Elizabeth Prezzuti, how are we doing today? We're doing fabulous. Thanks for having me on your podcast today. Absolutely. I'm glad, you know, I, I know we kind of talked a little bit before we, we hit the record button and I was looking forward to this. Uh, for those listeners that don't know, um, Elizabeth and I have crossed paths on a few different occasions now, most recently through the uh, Greater Des Moines Leadership Institute program, the Community Connect program, which side plug, if you're interested in that, they are now accepting applications. You can go to gdmli.com for that. They are not paying me for that, but that is a free <laughs> plug. Um, and Elizabeth is actually has been a mentor for how long on that now? Uh, I think this will be my sixth year, fifth or sixth. Okay. So see, they, they keep bringing her back. So she obviously knows what she's doing, which is why I wanted to get her on this podcast. Uh, she was a mentor of mine uh, during that program. So uh, again, selfishly on a personal level, it, it's nice to catch up and, and chat with you again, especially with all the crazy pandemic stuff that's been going on with everything being shut down. I know we used to get together quite a bit and that's been curbed. So was really looking forward to our conversation today. Me as well. Um, and so with that, I know you quite well, but there are probably some listeners out there that really don't. And uh, we want to give them a chance to get to know you a little bit. So tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe uh, some, some quick background info about yourself and maybe some ways that you're involved in the community besides your role at DART. Well, I've um, currently been the CEO of DART for the last eight years, um, but have been with the organization for 12. So have gotten to see through it through a lot of changes with um, additions of new service, uh, DART Central Station, and a lot of other organizational changes. Um, before that, I was with the transit system in Charlotte, North Carolina, and got to uh, work there and doing a variety of technology projects. But kind of most exciting for me was seeing the um, opening of their first light rail line and getting to coordinate all of the transit service um, as those that new um new uh, mode of transportation was introduced to the community. Um, before that, I was on the West Coast doing some consulting work and so have gotten to live on both coasts, grew up outside of Buffalo and now here living in the middle. And um, it's definitely where my husband and I call home. Um, we've gotten the opportunity to um, be involved here in the community. Um, I've done a lot with the Polk County Housing Trust Fund and housing issues, just given the synergy between housing and transportation. Um, and uh, have also, you know, again, with the GDMLI Community Connect program, gotten to be involved in that. And then on the national level, I've been uh, with our national association, been on the board um, with that organization, as well as some different advocacy organizations um, that do uh, lobbying specific to, to bus funding at the national level. Very cool. So now you guys are on the same page as I am, as far as knowing who Elizabeth is. So this is the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast. So we're going to just jump right into this. And I want you to talk about, and, and don't, don't worry, we'll circle back with, I know you've got some, some exciting things that have just recently happened that I'm sure have presented some challenges, and we will circle back 
on those along with the pandemic here. But if there is a time other than that, maybe in a, in a prior role, maybe your time out in in uh, North Carolina or on the coasts, um, you know, doing some working stuff or, you know, on a, from a personal community level, uh, talk about a time maybe that you had enc- encountered a challenge that you were just thinking to yourself, I, I have no idea <laughs> what's about to happen, how I'm about to get through this or what this is going to look like on the other side of the coin. Maybe, maybe talk about some of those things that you, that you've been through in the past. Yeah. Um, so I thought a lot about this question. Uh, you had given me a sneak preview in advance. Um, and, you know, we've gone through a lot of challenges here at DART with, you know, restructuring our governance, you know, transit service reductions, funding challenges and organizational challenges. But I kept coming back to um, leading through the, the pandemic here that we've most recently faced. And I did that because, you know, we are a an essential service to the community uh, and have an obligation to the community. Um, but I also have an obligation to my organization and everybody that we employ and um, need to keep safe and healthy in order to provide that service to the community. And there were so many times um, over the course of the last six months that the decisions we were making were really, um, you know, counter, uh, they were competing against each other. You know, like, how do we go out and provide the service to the community and still work to make sure we're keeping everybody safe? And how do we do that all, all as safely, um, as safe as possible? And, you know, how we change um, and how we, um, the changes we need to make and how we operated just occurred over, overnight um, in a different way than I think, you know, some of the other organizations um, have in the community. Um, from, you know, needing to, to pivot and be super, super agile. And so um, it became a really delicate balancing act and, um, you know, being able to maintain level of the service. We were just weren't able to shut our doors and say, everybody right. go work from home right. or, you know, similar, you know, in, in the grocery stores and all of that, right. you know, we're, we're doing the same thing as we were, but um, it was, it was just a really challenging time to keep people motivated, um, keep people safe, uh, work through what they were working, you know, and being uh, sympathetic and empathetic to what they were dealing with at home and, you know, how, how to run a service for the community. And, um, I couldn't come up with a better example than what we've done uh, in the last six months because, you know, you we're at times having to think about our mission and what we do every day and make decisions that um, were um, I kind of went against our mission, telling people not to travel, not to ride, um, and uh, which is not something that, you know, we advocate for people to ride. Right. Especially being a transportation organization. Makes sense. So now talk about Elizabeth, talk about a a little bit, maybe if you don't mind giving us some examples, um, because what we really try to focus on and and achieve with this podcast is letting people know and kind of get an idea of what it's like in the trenches. Um, And I may be going off script just a little bit, but I I promise I'll I'll bring it bring it back here. Uh, But give us some examples of, of some of the things that you had to pivot within your organization, you know, as far as the buses, because it's not like bus drivers, for example, can sit at home with a remote control and control a bus as much as you probably would have liked to, you know, to really 
increase social distancing. So talk about some of those things, because I think that that'll be a good segue into the next question, um, which you've already kind of touched on a little bit about getting through some of these things. So, but give us some specific examples of, of the changes that you guys had to make and, and make pretty quickly, I would assume. Yeah. So overnight we went from collecting, collecting fares, which is a huge component of our revenue to not collecting fares to mitigate the interaction between people, the bus operator and our, our riding, riding public. Uh, we also went to only backdoor boarding. So they weren't boarding from the front of the bus. Um, we had a, you know, reduced service, you know, because we had some reductions in, in operator availability. And then we had to think about how do we provide, you know, the areas that we used to serve that people counted on us in those, those areas of our community how could we supplement that service and still provide provide mobility? And so we, uh, about a year ago, established a partnership with Uber um, to um, for a service, uh, our Flex Connect service on in Urbandale. And so we were able to extend that partnership and offer um, people Uber rides, you know, in areas that we we weren't having their regular bus service. And so there were just a, a lot of pivots. Um, every every day through the you know that first couple of months um but really wanting to make sure that we were maintaining the service to the community and again per- making it as safe as possible for our operators as well um, and and that makes perfect sense and you know and and kudos to you and your your team for you know being able to to react quickly i know you know i have some friends in other major cities and listening to some of the things that they've done um, I have a friend that's actually a bus driver back in my hometown of Chicago. Um, and they, you know, they do the back, the back door thing now. And um, I just remember also to that point when, you know, when times were good, I remember being in high school and you actually used to sneak on the bus through the back door uh, to avoid paying fare. So now it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's funny to think about those things now, but how they've pivoted to become a positive to get people on and keep people safe and the interactions um, down and low. So, like I said before, I think that that's a segue to a perfect segue to the next question is with all these changes and, and some of them affecting the routes that as you, as you mentioned and the partnerships you had to create and uh, maybe lack of availability for drivers and other staff members, I assume. What are some of the things or talk about some of the things that you and your leadership team have done to keep that morale up during this time, because as of right now, we don't see an end in sight to this, as you alluded to earlier, is kind of the new norm. And I don't know if what we're used to as the norm will ever be that way again. Uh, but talk about some of the ways that you've been able to to boost morale, because, again, I think it's great for people to hear that even though you're in the trenches, there are ways to get your teams through these types of challenges. So talk about some of those. You know, I think one of the things is just, you know, having an understanding that, you know, particularly through the pandemic, that there's different things facing different employees and, and your customers and really trying to trying to find ways to meet them where they're at and find a plan that that works. You know, if they are encountering issues, how can you be flexible and help, you know, um, meet their needs? I think another thing is, you know, both me and my my team, we ha- we have a fairly calm uh, disposition and demeanor, and I think that was something that really radiated throughout the the organization, even through 
the pandemic and provided people because we weren't super anxious. They, you know, it didn't cause them a reason to, to be anxious. Um, and, you know, I think we, we always remember that we are here, here to serve, you know, we are a mission-based organization and we're not only here to serve just our customers, but our employees and, and keeping calm, um, and, um, meeting them where they're at and having a listening ear, if it's just, just to listen, listen to them, I think is, is really, um, really important. And being able to, to work through that and, and display those, those characteristics. I think one of the things, you know, we heard overwhelmingly from our employees as well as our customers, is just a lot of gratitude that, that we did, you know, we were understanding, we tried to find accommodations from a service standpoint, even um, when it was tricky or challenging or, you know, we, um, and then also trying to find accommodations for a lot of our employees. So we have, um, you know, uh, we had a lot of employees that fall in that high risk standpoint. And so we offered some leave options um, for them um, throughout this. Uh, and, um, you know, that was well received. And, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of gratitude. And then also just we were on top of it from a PPE standpoint, making um, uh, making a different sorts of um, accommodations on all of our vehicles. And so right now um, we have a kind of a shield, kind of a shower curtain type shield between the operator and the fare box. So we could go back to collecting fares, but do it in a, in a safe way. I, I got to ask though, are they, because I haven't seen them, um, are they like rubber ducky shower curtains or are they... <laughs> DSM USA curtains or, or dark curtains or, or are they just plain Jane plastic? You know, it would have been great to be able to, to offer some uh, uh, additional decals, but they are just plain so that um, the driver can maintain visibility <laughs> through that. Um, I guess that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the other things that I, you know, we've found to be really important and, and we've been able to pivot and find new ways to do this is the communication. And so I did, um, throughout the, the pandemic, uh, we had regular communications with all of our employees. I did video messages occasionally on a Friday afternoon, um, that were sent out and just, you know, even if you don't have all the answers, just letting people know that you're working on the problem, that you, you understand, you know, the issues out there and that we're trying to find the best solution. Um, you know, not everybody always agrees with the solution, but if they can at least un- understand the why behind it, um, you get a lot more grace. 100%. So then I got to ask you too, Elizabeth, uh, before I, again, I always think of these other little sub questions before I get to the, the next me- major question, uh, because I'm guessing there were some, also some challenges here. Now, so you're, you're dealing with the pandemic challenge enough, correct? And now you're also have a new vehicle, which I want you to talk about. So to me, that seems like that's even more challenges in the midst of all this. So talk, tell, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about this, this new vehicle that you guys have. Yeah. Well, first I just want to say I have an amazing team because they took all of this in great stride um, as we worked through it, but Dart did unveil um, our electric bus about two weeks ago. um, And we'll have seven, um, uh, all electric vehicles hitting the streets here, um, hopefully by the beginning of the year. And so um, uh, those vehicles started production in May. Um, and there were a lot of travel restrictions and 
it's a new technology for Dart. And so when um, I, on a typical build for, for any vehicle, we typically send people to the factory um, and send staff, you know, and, and some management staff to the factory to see how it's being built, making sure it's meeting our specifications. Um, in the midst of a pandemic, uh, when there's a lot of travel restrictions, that makes it a lot, a lot harder. Um, we d- did have two maintenance technicians that we did send to California while the vehicles were being produced. But one of the things we were able to work with our vehicle manufacturer, Proterra, was is doing a weekly uh, video call. Oh, nice. And so where they would go through each vehicle on the production line with literally their phone on FaceTime and we would get to see you know, everything that was being worked on and what was being installed and be able to provide feedback as to whether it was to our satisfaction or not. And so that was something that was new to them, but they rec- they recognized how important it was for us to be able to um, experience the bus being built and create that buy-in. And so they were willing to, willing to do that. And so something that we definitely be looking um, as we have future bus orders you know, whether they're electric buses or not, um, looking to maybe see if we can do that. And so that was a, a real pivot during the, the pandemic that allowed us to um, still experience that. Um, so we're really excited about the vehicles. Uh, it was in partnership with MidAmerican Energy. Um, they were a great partner and allowed us to move forward, a financial contributor, which uh, allowed us to move forward with the, with the project. So we're super excited. Um, and again, that unveiling was two weeks ago. So you'll see them out on the streets and they'll be on in service on route 60, which is our university Ingersoll loop um, here, hopefully by the beginning of the year. Cool. And we're going to put a little asterisk next to that and, and tell, and as, as a marker for, I want people to go back and listen because it's the little things in terms of customer service by, by them doing that with the video, it, to me, it seems like, yes, you'd be more inclined to do more business with them. So if you guys are out there listening to this, it's those little things that you may not think are very bi- a big deal can go a, a long way in terms of getting people over the hump or, or helping people overcome fear or whatever it may be. But it's those little small things that definitely uh, can can make a change. So um, I just wanted to make sure we put a pin in that so people are, are, are don't miss that because I think that's very important, especially during uh, challenges. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, you know, whether it was the electric bus project that we were trying to, you know, work through through the pandemic or just the our pandemic response in general is really approaching things from what we can do versus what we can't do. And so, you know, if we need to move this forward, well, how can we accomplish what we need to, even though it's not the same as it used to was before? And so rather than we can't do this the way we used to do it, so we can't do it at all. What can we do to accomplish the the same end game? Perfect. Just nuggets all over the place today. I like it. So let me let me ask you this. Uh, a couple more questions before we get wrapped up here. We we talked about you know boosting team morale through a time like this. And for those of you that are listening and have listened to other episodes of this this podcast, you know I I, I always ask, what is it, Elizabeth, that you do? Because being a CEO we know at the end of the day is not easy. And that's, that's a, that's a challenge in and of itself to be responsible for an entire organization. Um, so that we, we know that there's a lot that comes with that. So what are the, some of the things that you do to 
offset that and to kind of to keep your mental health at an optimal level so that you can continue to go in day in and day out and, you know, be required to make easy decisions and tough decisions, you know, ones that that may be favorable, favorable to your staff and ones that they may have to look at you twice and be like, what's really going on here? How do you handle that? Or I guess what are, what are the things you do to offset that so that you can come back each and every day, day in and day out, refreshed and ready to, to take those challenges on? I think, you know, it's remembering to take time for yourself, you know, that, um, you know, when you are, you know, in any sort of leadership position in an organization, you know, your day, it's not a clear cut nine to five or eight to six or even eight to seven. It, it, it happens, you know, 24 hours a day or it can. And just being able to carve out that time for yourself, um, make sure you're taking, taking a vacation um, and having that downtime, whatever that, um, and having those other activities that allow you to get your, move your mind to a different space. And, and for me, you know, it's, spending time out in the yard and doing landscaping and yard work or, you know, um, cooking and, and making a meal and, and actually finishing and accomplishing something, you know, in a two hour period, um, spending time with, uh, and walking our dogs. Um, so, you know, it, it's that. And I think it's also, you know, even at work, um, it's being authentic and really, um, you know, engaging with your employees and your team and allowing them to know you on a personal basis such that when you're having a bad day, there's a lot, there's grace to be had because they know you on, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I, I tried to do and we did it throughout the pandemic um, uh, is, is still maintaining that time for me to engage with employees. So we typically have a coffee with the CEO once a month at different times throughout the day, we, we maintain that, did it in a socially distanced um, environment, but then seeing you, um, you know, particularly uh, at four o'clock in the morning when the first bus leaves the yard, you know, those are important things that um, uh, allows for that interaction, that engagement, um, and them knowing you a little bit more personally so that there is some grace when, when there is a bad day. Right. And it just goes to show whether you're a CEO or or somebody, you know, that's that's not quite there yet. Everybody has those. Um, it's not humanly possible for everyone to work 24-7. Uh, so as you guys listen to this again, just remember some of those things, because I assume, Elizabeth, you would say, I think it's fair to say that you probably come back stronger when you actually walk away from the task and do something else to take your mind off of it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you would come back and actually be sharper and more focused on the task at hand. Absolutely. I know when my productivity is, you know, or I'm not, not moving as fast as I need to or want to, or getting things done that it's probably time for a vacation or a few days off or taking a bike ride or spending some time out in the yard to, to just allow, you know, um, your, your train of thought to go somewhere else rather than being focused on work. One throughout the pandemic, I really encouraged my entire team to make sure that they were they were taking time off as well, and and I took time off to make sure that they knew that it was okay to do that as well. And um, I think that all served them served them very well. Yep, and it's amazing how attitude reflects leadership uh, in, in those types of things. Uh, one more question before I let you go. Uh, okay. We, we we talk about we we've 
obviously jumped right into the pandemic and the challenges that it's presented. Um, but I'm quite sure that you've had some other challenging times up to this point. Uh, are you using, and if you are, what are they? Or I guess if you, and this will make sense in a second, um, what lessons from prior challenges are you using as you make your way through this pandemic? And not just the pandemic, but, you know, we're talking also a lot of the social injustices that are going on. Uh, we see a lot of that uh, now. You know, we have uh, political elections coming up. So there's all the craziness that comes with those. Um, what are some ways that you've learned from past events that you are now able to apply to help you navigate through all these different types of things? I think some of the, the things I've, I've learned, um, you know, and I've touched on them a little bit is just, um, you know, being authentic and, um, you know, valuing everybody, um, you know, in the organization. And I, you know, we try to do, try to make sure we're modeling that, um, here at DART, you know, whether you're, you're, um, working on the service line and fueling buses to driving to working in the office is that everybody has a role in our, in our organization and it takes a team effort in order to do what we do every day. And I think, um, that's really important as we think about our community and the world we live in, that everybody has, has a role to play and everybody has a voice and, and we need to be making sure we're listening to those. And so, you know, we, we, you know, can't, I can't stress enough the value of communication and at least making sure that you're, you're talking to your employees, you're talking to the community, you're, um, and um, really making sure uh, that you're listening. And as you're making decisions, making sure that, that, that the why is, is um, you're at least articulating the why I think and understanding where people are at you know, and that everybody's had different life experiences and, you know, that that makes up who they are. And it's really important to, um, you know, learn to meet people where they're at. And so, as um, you know, we think about just the service we provide to the community that it looks different in each community because, you know, we're meet, trying to meet the needs and where those people in the community are at and what their needs are. And so not all things are equal and, um, you know, just being being thoughtful about that. Perfect. I appreciate you sharing those tips with us. I appreciate you giving up your, your little bit of your time so that we could catch up today. And, uh, you know, again, hopefully once this is all over, we can we can reconnect sooner than later. But uh, in the meantime, I, I, uh, I'm excited to see the electric buses. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, that you guys have been able to push through uh, this pandemic and, and continue to provide uh, a much needed service for the city of Des Moines. So uh, kudos to you on that. I appreciate your leadership. And, and mentorship uh, through the Community Connect program. Um, for those of you that may, again, consider applying, uh, you'd be lucky to have her as a mentor. Uh, like I said, I, again, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that she was one for me and, and it's worked out very well. So uh, with that, Elizabeth, I will let you get back to it. And I want to thank you for joining us on Leading in Times of Challenge today. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate all you're doing and uh, sharing these stories. I know um, they've been helpful for me just as I've listened to them over the last several months and I'm sure they've been helpful for others. So, so thank you. I appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.